Coming up on today's show, we're going to check out the AFC playoff picture and odds and path following Denver's Week 13 loss to the Texans. And then we're going to have a nice, honest conversation about Russell Wilson. After his three-interception performance against the Texans, I'm going to play both sides of the argument for a little bit, talk about what the future holds for Denver, the Broncos, and Russell Wilson. But let's look at the updated AFC playoff picture. With the loss, Denver fell to 6-6. Six and six. They are on the outside looking in. They do not have a tiebreaker over the Texans. They do have a tiebreaker over the Bills and over the Browns. Now, I will add, you might notice that the three wildcard teams are all 7-5. and five. If you have three teams or more, well, I guess only three with the uh, three-team wildcard spot. So, if you have three teams all with the same record, head-to-head goes out the window. It's about AFC record. So, if Denver, the Browns, and the Colts all finish with 7-5 and five record, it's not about the Browns having or the Broncos having to win over the Browns. Now let's look at the updated Broncos playoff odds from New York Times. To make the playoffs, 21%. Seems low for a team 6-6, six and six, but okay. If they win week 14 against the Chargers on the road, it goes up to 36%. If they lose week 14, down to 10%. So safe to say, week 14 is a must-win game for Denver sitting at 6 and 6. A 6 and 7 record going into the final stretch of the season is not going to give them a good opportunity to jump into the playoff picture. Now, if we're looking just to get into the dance, right? You just want to be the bare minimum. If you want to be the 7 seed, here's what the 7 team playoff looks like as the number 7 seeds. Going back to 2020, you've had 6 of the no, 1 2 3 4 5, yeah, 5 of the 6 Seven seeds all have nine wins or fewer. Only the Colts had to have 11 wins. So I am fairly confident that 10 wins would get you in, right? Didn't happen in 2020, but every other time it has happened that 10 wins or even nine would get you in. So looking at Denver's remaining schedule, they've got the Chargers on the road and then the Lions on the road. Let's say they go one and one in that stretch whether it's a win at LA or a win in Detroit, although AFC wins value a lot more, matter a lot more than NFC wins do. So let's say win at the Chargers, loss at the Lions. Now you go from 6-6 six and six to 7-7. Seven and seven. If you can go 2-3 and three in the stretch and finish 9-8, and eight, we've seen a lot of teams get in the playoffs with 9 wins. And asking to go 2-1 and or one and, two and one against the Patriots, Chargers, and Raiders, all three losing teams does not feel like a huge ask. In fact, if you go 1-1 one one in this stretch right here and then go 3-0 and here, I'm confident you can beat the Patriots. If you beat the Chargers the first time, you might have their number for the second time. And the Raiders suck. They do suck. I can't believe Denver has not beaten them since they moved to Vegas, but they are a bad team. You should beat bad teams. So it might feel like a long shot, but Denver's remaining strength of schedule is ranked 26. 4-1 is very much in reach given the bad teams they have in front of them. So if they are truly a good team, and playoff teams tend to be good teams, they should take care of business against some of these bad teams. Now, of course, it's a whole different story once you get into the playoffs and you don't get to play the Patriots, the Chargers, and the Raiders, but that's a future problem. That's a good problem to have down the road. So for now... Let me know what your thoughts are. This is the pinned comment on today's show. So scroll on down and let me know. Will the Broncos make the playoffs? Yes or no? Give me your honest opinion down below at the pinned comment. 
Now, next up on the show, we're going to talk about Russell Wilson and the Week 13 loss and whether or not it is fair to put all the blame on Russ, a lot of the blame on Russ, some of the blame on Russ, and then where we go with Russell Wilson moving forward. So all that coming up in just a moment, but really quickly, a shout-out to our sponsor for today's Broncos Breakdown, Prize Picks. If you have no idea what Prize Picks is, listen up. All you got to do is select two to six players, pick more or less on their projected stats, whether it's passing yards, rushing yards, receiving yards, half a touchdown, field goals. They have so many stats to pick from. So take Monday Night Football, for example. I'm taking the less on Jake Browning's passing yards at 218.5, the more on Travis Etienne at 67.5 rushing yards. And if you hit on both these selections, you can turn $10 into a good chunk of change if you pick up to six player stat projections. So go to prizepicks.com slash CLNS and use code CLNS for a deposit match up to $100. That link is in the comments and description of today's video. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. So Russ in week 13 was not good. I think we can all agree, right? 15 for 26, 186 yards, one touchdown, and a great touchdown pass, might I add, to Cortland Sutton, and three interceptions. But I want to look at the last interception for a moment, right? This was the game ceiling interception by Jalen Petrie for the Houston Texans. And you can see Russell Wilson right now is throwing to a pretty open target in his tight end, Lucas Kroll. Now, unfortunately on this play, what the third, fourth string tight end Kroll does is not the best move, is that he actually starts to go back into the end zone here. Like if I showed you this image before the game and said, what happens on this play? I'm guessing a lot of you say, touchdown. In fact, if I showed you that image before the uh, before the game and said, who should Russell Wilson throw to here? I bet a lot of you would say that wide open guy in the end zone. Now it's unfortunate that Kroll just starts to move back in the end zone instead of greeting the football because had he just met the ball, it would have been a touchdown. But unfortunately, that is what happens when you are down to your third, fourth string tight end. You don't have Greg Dulcich a guy who I think in that position would have made a better play on the ball. And instead of losing by five points, you win that game by seven or win that game by two with a seven-point touchdown at the end. Now, there is some blame to go around here because, well, Sean Payton during his press conference today on getting more from the passing game said, starts with protection and communication on point. Last play, we leave a shift off. Hadn't shifted into final formation it's the little things have to be better. So Sean Payton kind of, uh, I would say, throwing Russell Wilson under the bus there, but he is acknowledging that not everything was executed pre-snap on that play. In fact, Kroll, the guy who was intended on that reception or on that throw, before the play, like, throws his arms up like, why are we snapping the ball? This is not what the play call was. So things were broken down before the play. It's not a perfect throw. I'm not here to say Russell Wilson delivered a great ball in that last throw, but I bet looking at that screenshot, you didn't think he was that wide open, and if the receiver just works his way to the football instead of fading to the back of the end zone, well, that's the difference between being 6-6 six and six and being 7-5. and five. Now, Russell Wilson at this point in his career, I am pretty confident in saying, is a very expensive Alex Smith. 
Now, you might take that and think that's an insult to Russell Wilson. And it kind of is, given how much you're paying him. But if I told you last year, Russell Wilson will be a very expensive Alex Smith in 2023, I bet you'd all gladly take it. Because you might be surprised to see what Alex Smith did in his final year as a starter for the Chiefs before Patrick Mahomes took over compared to what Russell Wilson is doing this year. Completion percentage, identical. Yards per game, actually favoring Alex Smith by a lot. Touchdowns, pretty much on pace for the same amount of touchdowns. Interceptions, favoring Alex Smith. But yards per attempt, right? How often is the quarterback pushing the ball down the field? Actually favoring Alex Smith by a whole yard. This is an Alex Smith guy that didn't throw a whole touch didn't throw a touchdown to a single receiver for an entire season. So at this point, I think Russell Wilson, for better or for worse, is just an extremely expensive Alex Smith. And I think people are going to take that and view it as an insult. But ultimately, Alex Smith was not a bad quarterback. He was an MVP game manager. We saw him take the Chiefs to the playoffs numerous times. He had a lot of success throughout his career. And so sure, you usually don't have to pay 230 plus million dollars for that type of quarterback and give up two first and two seconds. So from that standpoint, it's not a good deal. But from actual productivity standpoint, you could do a lot worse than Alex Smith right now. Now, one of my biggest qualms with the Broncos offense is their lack of explosion on offense, right? Passing plays of 20 or more yards tied for 25th. Passing plays of 40 or more yards is actually tied for 8th but you've got one useless Hail Mary against the Commanders, and then that bomb to Marvin Mims early in the year, which we have not seen any of that since then. So you go from week three and onwards, or week two and onwards, it's not really an explosion down the field. Rushing yards of 20 or more yards, eighth or eight with uh, tied for ninth, but not a single rushing attempt of 40 or more yards, tied for 21st with a lot of teams at zero. I still think, ultimately, Russell Wilson will return in 2024. There has been a lot of chatter about how Denver's going to have an option not to exercise his contract, but to move the money around a little bit, right? Do they want to lock in more guarantees for the future or decline more guarantees for the future, making it easier for them to potentially move on down the line, but difficult right now. So ultimately, I think Russell Wilson will return in 2024, but ownership has shown They are committed to spending whatever it takes to get it right. Ownership whipped out a quarter of a million dollar brand new turf last year for one game because they said, oh, you guys could use some more turf. Here's $250,000. I know it's only going to be used once, but if that helps you win, so be it. So the richest owners in football might get on board with signing off on a ginormous dead cap hit from Russell Wilson's contract if it means they can start winning. But I think that the higher-ups in Denver are going to look at this year and go, I know that there are moments where it looks like Russell Wilson is really holding this team back, and there are instances of that, no doubt about it. But I think it's not as bad as some people might make it out to be. And because that number is so big, I think he will return in 2024. All right, let me know what your thoughts are down below in the comment section. I'm not standing here today saying Russell Wilson's an awesome quarterback. What I'm trying to get across is 
if you ask someone who doesn't watch much football and only catches some glimpses of red zone week to week, how's Russell Wilson doing this year? They might say in Denver, he's doing really well. Like, he's got really good stats, right? He's doing an awesome job. Outside of Denver, they might say, uh, not so good, actually. Russ is awful, and he stinks, and he hasn't been good since 2020. The truth lies somewhere in the middle. I think he returns in 2024, and whether or not you like it, I think he's a good game manager. Is he an overpaid game manager? Absolutely. You don't pay a guy that much money to throw 6.9 yards per attempt, right? That's just a bad business deal. You can find a lot of QBs who can throw that much, who can throw that number for way less. But ultimately, I don't think Denver's going to find a better option moving on from Russell Wilson in 2024. All right, that's going to do it for us on today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. And for everyone that tuned in to our watch party on Sunday, shout out to you guys. There are so many of you who are committed to supporting this channel. I cannot thank you enough. And we'll see you all later.